We are here because we are dedicated to helping members of our community build lean, strong bodies and confident, resilient minds. Determined to elevate the lives of working professionals, stay-at-home parents, and anyone who is ready to level up their life. Our invigorating group fitness classes, practical nutrition programs, and authentic coaches help ignite your life. Find a place that believes in you. Find a place that challenges you. Find CrossFit South. Welcome back to the Southpaw Spotlight Podcast. My name is Nick Bach. This is episode 34, where we are talking all things supplements. When I say all things supplements, I actually don't mean that many because most supplements out there do not have much or any research behind them proving their efficacy. Now, there are a lot of different nutritional supplements out there. However, there are three that are universally accepted uh, by the, the fitness community, have had multiple studies done, um, and are shown to be effective pretty much across the board. Now, these different supplements um, will help you when it comes to losing weight, um, building muscle, uh, and different fitness goals that you may have prepping for a competition, for example. Um, and then you can utilize them in different ways. Let's begin by talking about kind of the foundational one uh, that most people are familiar with, and that's protein. Protein in its general form is considered the building block of muscles. The way that exercise work is you break down your muscles and then you need to repair them. And they do so using protein, uh, not exclusively, which we'll get to in a second, but protein is what's going to help rebuild you to a stronger state than before you started working out. So exercise without the ability to recover would actually be detrimental to your body. Now, the body has many mechanisms to help you recover and to come back stronger, but in uh some type of nutritional or supplementation program uh, can greatly aid the, the speed at which you're able to do that. At Southpaw, we carry three different types of protein, a whey protein, a vegan protein, and a whey protein isolate. Whey protein is widely regarded as kind of the gold standard when it comes to protein. It's derived from milk and it's uh, taken through a, a process that pulls out the lactate, um, sorry, the lactose um, and different fats and carbs that are, are present in milk. And it becomes what we typically see um, in powder form that you can mix with water, milk, uh, many other different beverages depending on the flavor and variety that you have. The reason whey protein is so uh, prevalent and so popular is because of its amino acid content. Protein is made up of 20 different amino acids. Whey protein contains all 20 amino acids, including the nine that are considered essential. Now, when you look at things like legumes um, or different nuts, they have protein in them, but not all pro protein is created equal. Oftentimes the amino acid content or the amino acid profile is not as complete as it would be in say a whey protein or a protein from an animal product. It's not to say that those are absolutely necessary, but to give you information about the types of protein that you see out there and to allow you to conduct uh, some of your own research as you read labels. So the more complete the amino acid profile, the better the protein is going to be at helping you recover um, and build muscle in your time away from the gym. Whey protein isolate is very similar to our standard whey protein. However, the isolate has been taken through the pasteurization process multiple times more, uh, making it quicker to absorb. This is important because after a workout, you need to get your muscles replenished as quickly as possible. 
Another little known fact is that if you don't take your post-workout protein with some type of fast-acting carb, in this case, we carry something called ignition, which is a dextrose, a simple sugar, the protein will actually absorb and your body will convert it into carbohydrates to help restore your glycogen levels. So typically, if you're doing a very strenuous or challenging workout, like most of the CrossFit workouts that we have at Southpaw, you're gonna want some fast-acting carbs um, on top of your protein. Now, if you just have a whey protein and that's what you use, that is phenomenal. And I would say that's 85% um, as good as you're gonna get. If you want that extra little 10, 15% at the end, check out the isolate protein, that's the Formula One. Now, that isn't the end-all be-all, and that may not actually be the best option for you if you're just looking for a protein-rich diet. And that's why we have the whey protein as well. The whey protein that is not the isolate, we, it's called level one at our gym, is gonna break down slower, it's longer digesting, and it's gonna be spaced out um, over the time that you, from when you take it to um, when it fully absorbs. So this is great before bed. Oftentimes I'll have one or two scoops spaced out over the last couple hours of my day. I feel satiation, uh, I'm able to sleep a little bit better. Um, but overall, uh, it's generally recommended that athletes or people who work out regularly are getting between 0.6 and one gram of protein per pound of body weight. There can be some deviation based on exercise intensity, exercise frequency, um, and uh, how the, the, the uh, duration of your training session. But that's a general rule of thumb that you can look at when you're calculating what we call macronutrient profile. Macronutrient profile is going to contain fats, carbohydrates, and protein, and typically identifying your starting point with the number of grams of protein you need is going to allow you to calculate the amount of carbs and fat that you can use in your diet. If we want to lose weight, we need to be in a caloric deficit where we're expending more calories than we are taking in, and vice versa if we want to bulk up or gain muscle. Um, gaining lean muscle and losing body weight or body fat is possible together. It just requires you to eat in such a fashion that the, the macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat are balanced. Now, I hope that gives you a brief overview of, of protein. The final two supplements that I want to talk about today, again, these are the three that are widely accepted and, and universally um, accredited, for lack of a better word, in uh, the fitness and nutrition communities. The final two are creatine and caffeine. Let's talk creatine. Now, I would not necessarily suggest using creatine if your goal is primarily weight loss. Creatine will result in additional water retention in your muscles, so you will have a quote-unquote fuller look. Um, however, that fullness is generally in areas that are more muscled, your arms, legs, etc. The reason that creatine is so effective is it helps you improve your strength, increase lean muscle mass, and helps your, your muscles recover quicker than they otherwise would. This is particularly meaningful uh, for short burst, high intensity um, activities like weightlifting, sprinting, etc. So you can think of implications uh, where you would want to use this. Now, the analogy that I like to think of is let's imagine um, that we're squatting. If every time we squat, we're able to do uh, a rep of 100 pounds rather than a rep at 80 pounds, 
over time, our muscles are going to adapt to be stronger um, and, and give us more duration, more intensity during that workout. Same thing with sprinting. Let's use sprinting as an example. If you're able to run the 100 meter dash in 15 seconds without creatine and creatine allows you to run it in 14.9 seconds, over time, you're going to adapt to be a faster, more resilient um, athlete. The typical dosage of creatine is five grams per day. I have heard some people suggest that you should cycle on and cycle off one day per week. So you'd use it for six days, take one day off. I've tried that and I haven't seen any difference. Uh, so I don't think uh, that is nearly as important as whether or not you take creatine in the first place. There are also other forms of creatine. We carry just a standard creatine monohydrate and you'll see all sorts of creatine, cellulase, all, all sorts of different names for it. The only one that has any um, uh, actual scientific data behind it is the creatine monohydrate. The other ones you're paying for the name and the marketing. Uh, they may not be bad necessarily, but they're not gonna do anything more than a standard creatine monohydrate, which is fairly inexpensive will do. I believe 100 servings sells for like 30 or $40. So it's, it's really um, quite cheap uh, when put side to side to some of these other supplements. Generally, you're going to want to mix your creatine um, with something that contains sugar. So I know a common one for people to use is orange juice. Um, uh, I don't always mix it with sugar. Sometimes I'll put it in my protein shake. Sometimes I mix it with my pre-workout, which has some sugars in it. Sometimes I'll use a juice or something like that. But I think the it, don't get too hung up on what you're mixing it with. The idea is mostly that you have it regularly in your diet. So again, it's about five grams per day of creatine monohydrate. Now, uh, another thing that you'll hear and see on some labels is to double the dose. So take 10 grams during the quote unquote loading phase, which is anywhere from seven to 14 days. Again, I've done this, I've uh, tried it out. I don't seem to notice any big difference and I've read some research on it that indicates that there is not nearly as big of a difference um, as people claim there is. My guess is this was created by supplement companies so that you go through the product faster and buy more of their products. So you can be the judge of that, but I don't see any reason that anything more than five grams per day is necessary. Finally, caffeine. Caffeine has been around for a long time and you can find it in many forms in the supplement industry. Now, um, I don't necessarily know that you need anything other than just a good cup of coffee. That being said, uh, some of the pre-workouts, uh, we carry megawatt at the gym um, and other forms do have uh, caffeine in addition to some other chemicals like niacin, etc. Um, that can uh, help give you a little edge and a little motivation going into your training program. So what does caffeine do? Well, as you know, it's an upper, it gives you energy. It does help uh, improve speed, it boosts your strength. Studies show that you're able to get more repetitions. Um, it reduces anaerobic exhaustion, so your recovery time. Increases aerobic power, allows you to go a little bit longer for a little bit further. Um, and reduces muscle pain. So it tends to numb some of the, uh, the nerves that we have when we exercise. Additionally, it's a vasodilator, and that's what I believe is really important about it. It expands your blood veins. If you ever notice after drinking coffee, your, uh, your veins start to pop out a little bit more. That's because they are actually expanded due to the caffeine in your system. Exercise is all about the travel of blood throughout your body and how that interacts and overplays with uh, the muscles that you have. So 
Expanding the, the blood vessels um, allows you to carry more oxygen, more nutrients to your muscles during exercise, resulting in a better workout. So there are a ton of other supplements out there. There's glutamine, uh, which is a BCA. There's also BCAs, which is a more complete version of those. I would say those are more helpful if, you're, uh, if your diet um, is low in uh, animal products or, or animal-based meats uh, that can help balance out some of the, the, the deficiencies in the amino acid content. I've used glutamine. I've used BCAs in the past. Uh, I've noticed some benefit to my recovery, but the overarching theme is that if you're taking uh, a variation or these three supplements, you're getting 95% um, of the, the benefit that these supplements can give you. Now, I touched on it before, um, but in addition to recovering from workouts um, and allowing your body to be ready to go, uh, these supplements can really help you when it comes to dialing in um, your nutrition. So uh, those of us who count macronutrients, if that's uh, a type of nutrition that you follow, um, it can be tough to get enough protein. So adding a protein supplement in can be very beneficial. Things like the zone diet where you're, you're required to balance uh, proteins, carbs, and fats uh, in every given meal, uh, it can be tough to get those measurement and the quantities exact. And that's where I believe it's very helpful to have a, a supplement uh, like a, a protein, a whey isolate, or a, a just a standard whey protein uh, there to help you balance it. If you need uh, 10 more grams of protein, that's about half a scoop. I'm going to put that in, mix it down, throw it back, and there we go. Um, it's also helpful at the end of the night when you get there and you're 15 grams short of your protein goal or 20 grams short, I'm going to have a quick uh, scoop of protein and go from there. If you guys have questions about other supplements or other things that you would uh, like to know about, please feel free to reach out. There's a ton of good information, well, a ton of good and bad information on the web as well. As somebody in the fitness industry who has tried a number of different uh, supplements, thermogenics, um, uh, BCAs, all, all sorts of stuff, fell, fallen for really pretty much every marketing play in the book. Um, I can tell you that these are the three that I use on a regular basis to help take my workouts to the next level. Um, I use both types of protein. I use one immediately after working out and one throughout the day. Um, and I do mix my whey, uh, whey isolate protein with uh, the ignition product that we carry, which is, again, a simple kind of sugar or dextrose um, that will help you re uh, kind of re fill your fill your muscles um i'm sorry refeed your muscles um so that the protein can get to work on rebuilding them uh hope you guys have a great day we'll catch you again soon